Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh my God! The Queen, the of, Queen Glendale. of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish American Tornado. Surprise, motherfucker. Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. This week we are not doing true crime, thank God. <laughs> that was a rough week. That was that was hard. It was hard. And, you know, it continues this week. Dog the Bounty Hunter is now involved, as well as John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. They are some active manhunt for Brian Laundrie right now. And I think the grand total is like somewhere around $200,000 from like, $50,000 from this, you know, country. I think he's like a country hip hop star. Ryan oh. Upchurch throws in oh. money. Some local lawyer does too. Some guy in Upchurch's comments offers to match. So one guy threw in 5000 which I like because for him, you could tell for him that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like relative to everyone else throwing in. And that's the kind of world we should live in when someone's like I see your hundred thousand and I will add to that five thousand but yeah so dog the bounty hunter is out there now controversial figure but if there is one thing he's good at it's bounty hunting yeah I mean the clue is in the name this gives me you but you won't be aware of this but this gives me vibes like when dog turned up of like a few years ago we had a we had a guy who was basically killing police officers and an old Mm footballer who had mental health issues and had subsequently like then had like problems with drug and alcohol turned up at the police standoff with two fishing rods and some cans of beer and said that he demanded to speak to the man who they were manhunting and it didn't go down very well but it's a very niche British story that but um this dog the bounty hunter turning up at the laundry's house gave me like it sort of tickled that part of my brain that's like I mean you're not really we didn't invite you but we're kind of glad that you're here See, I have such a fantastical view of or idea of where you live and what your life is like. So when you told me that a guy showed up drunk to a manhunt, I was like, oh, so he fixed it, right? Because, like, that's what happens over there, right? I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question. (laughs) Here's my biggest question about what's going on over there. I've been sitting on this for two weeks. I keep meaning to ask you this in real life, but I also wanted to catch it on air. Okay. Do you guys still have mango jewel pods? <gasps> we do. We do. Okay, Tiffany, what do I have to do? How much? You don't okay, have to do a thing. I'm, I will I'm send you send some. You, I will send you 1000 US dollars. Okay, you have no idea. Because <laughs> you and I both vape. Also, the guy on our AMC Discord vapes. And I like yeah. it. You know, I like a little Wayne, like a little uh, – 
that's like my favorite sound effect. So I like yeah. a jewel as well, you know? Yeah. So I am smoking a banana lush jewel. It's a hype bar because the only flavors of jewel they still sell. I think they might've even gotten rid of the menthol one. They sell Virginia tobacco. Oh, it's disgusting. Flavored jewels. That's it. And then you can get puff bars, I guess, are now illegal. So the ones that I've been buying for the last year are apparently like, you know, expired Chinese juice. And then we have the new hype bars and they finally invented like a naked flavor. I think they call it. Oh, do you not have Alpine Berry? I have no idea what that is. <gasps> Those are my favorite. Like in the hierarchy of jewel pods for me, it's like Alpine Berry, then it's mango, and then it's like, and then it's menthol if there's not, if there's not the two of those. And then like on my, at my absolute, like most desperate, I would have a like golden tobacco, but that that's the thing. I think what we probably, and I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think maybe we could do this as a bonus up, but I wanted to send you like a UK care package of shit for you to enjoy and open on mic. Okay, like I would love that. Yeah, I would. So maybe we do I would that. love that. Okay, so here's the thing with the jewel pods. You realize that we're about to become fucking millionaires, right? <laughs> We're going to import them. (laughs) Are you for real? Like, do you have any idea what I could get on the street for a fucking real deal mango jewel pod? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about this more offline for sure. But I'll (laughs) tell you, earlier in the quarantine, I was like, I'm kind of horny for like international snacks. But like, I didn't mean like so much like show me where you live in food or like what are like the really niche I wanted like just the bomb shit from wherever you live and I don't think I was clear about that but I was thrilled about the fact that one of my Scottish sisters reached out to me and as soon as I saw you know I'm from Scotland I knew you know I knew that it was you know I I grew up being ashamed to, to take Irish and Scottish food on Heritage Day at school. Okay. Like, because it's not the most glam. And of course, you're it's like, not. Oh, this girl's Italian. She's bringing in meatballs. You know, this kid's bringing some French pastry. We've got some delicious Middle Eastern dessert. And then I show up with what? Irish soda bread or like what? Blood sausage? I, there's no, I have no idea. Yeah. So she sends me some Scottish delights and I haven't tried most of them. I'm still sort of like saving them. This was months ago though, but I'm still saving them. The first two things I pull out, I see chips, right? Cause I'm like, Oh, I want, or as you mm. would call them crisps. crisps. <laughs> okay. So I just to translate for you. So I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see what these are. I wanted chips, right? They were both meat flavored. One was like literally haggis flavored chips. What? I've never And had the that. other one was like blood sausage and onion or something. And <laughs> I, my blood ran cold. And like, I know sometime they will appear, like I'm going to have a moment where I'm like, there's no fun food in my house at all. Mm-hmm. I need something. I'm going to eat this Scottish meat chip. And I already know that I'm going to, they're vegan. So I know I'm going to like them as soon as I try them because it's not real meat. No. No, they usually aren't. Like prawn cocktail crisps. I haven't got any prawns anywhere near them. What's that? Like a shrimp chip? 
Yeah, but it doesn't taste like pork. It tastes, I'll send you some. They don't taste like, that's the thing about crisp flavors and particularly these like meaty, like weird ones. They never actually taste like the thing. They taste like a version of the thing that's like way better than the thing. Oh, well, you know what? That's a great way to segue into our first story. (laughs) Elon Musk and Grimes broke up. And we're going to talk more about like Elon Musk's patterns, you know, because ladies, we got to talk about there's patterns in these men. But yeah, they it doesn't even seem really like a breakup. He kind of just said that they've been kind of separated for a while. God, that's such an Elon thing to say, though, don't you think? Like, it's like, I can't imagine what their day-to-day life would have looked like. And I, wasn't it when when Grimes was on a Instagram Live with Ashniko and then Elon popped his head in and it was like somebody's dad coming upstairs, like, with a tray of snacks or something? It was just so awkward. And I was like, what does the day-to-day look like at this house? So It's I, probably, this, like... Ugh. I mean, thankfully, I don't think Grimes is someone who would experience jealousy in the way that some do. You know what I mean? I feel like she's fine with maybe, um, or sorry, they. I think Grimes uses she, they, I don't know. But, and that was a whole thing with him disrespecting Mm. their pronouns or like, I'm not really sure exactly, but they're two thirds separated and three-fourths separate. That's at least what it seems like, according to this BuzzFeed article. But he's living in Texas most of the time for SpaceX, which, by the way, is now willing to send weapons to the U.S. military oh. in 24 hours. They're going to be acting as a little bit of an Uber for that, okay. a little Postmates. And, yeah, I and she's in L.A. a lot of the time. She is a musician and artist. I, everyone's saying, like, she got played. But I don't think she did, man. I think, like, if she, especially if they are cool together sometimes, she has a kid with him. And not that she needs the money, but that's a nice check. And I'm sure he's not yeah. going to want his kids living in some shack. Not that that would even be the case with Grimes. Grimes is also someone who comes from money. There's, like, a whole backstory she has about being, you know, living in a crack house in Montreal while she was starting out her music. But I think she was like the owner and renter out, uh, you know, the landlord for this crack house. And additionally, her name's Claire, which I guess baby X calls her Claire, which is interesting because yeah. it's, it's, it speaks to like a respect issue. I don't know if you saw the most recent video of Elon and Grimes together where she's trying to get X to say mama and Elon's going, say dog, say dog. <laughs> and I'm like, is he, is this supposed to be like a Dogecoin shout out? Or is he undermining her and telling his son to call his mother a dog? I feel like they, I, I can see a future in which these two will continue to live somewhat separate lives. And I think it's probably always been that case. And as someone who lives on a different continent to the person I'm married to, you know, there are advantages to that obviously it's very like you know sad and you miss them and stuff but I don't I don't see them both as being particularly sentimental people either and it feels like a very practical thing for them to be living this sort of separate togetherness I mean how how much kind of domestic bliss would there even have been in that house anyway where like Elon's not even that bothered about as the mother of his child being called mother 
doesn't he? But he strikes me as someone who would call his mum mother. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I mean, he has a very strange childhood. I, I feel like there's something very oppressive in a weird way. And I know it's not it's not worse, but it's very the ty- that type of wealth. It's never really homey. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Definitely not. And his mom does look I mean, she's kind of fabulous, but she does look like a villain who lives in a volcano base. See, here's the thing. You do kind of want to be with a guy that has a fabulous mom. Yeah. Right. But not so fabulous that you will fail every time that you wake up in this guy's eyes. Like there's some women that live, even if you had all the money and resources in the world, you couldn't get to their 50 years of weekly facials in, you couldn't make up (laughs) for that time. You know what I mean? And so, yes, like, you know, your mom is always going to be the most elegant woman, you know, probably in some ways, but I'm very like, that makes me a little bit, sometimes the fabulousness can be too much. Don't you think? No, for sure. For sure. And I think like, given that Claire is a little bit of a, like we would call where I'm from and where I live in Bristol, we would have a subset of people called crusties and I would class Claire as a crustie. And like, you know, it's a sort of a term of endearment, but it is, they're usually kind of white middle-class children for whom have decided to cosplay this life of like, oh, I don't know, faux dreadlocks and sort of, and whatever else. And like a little bit of poverty. People who go to like Bristol University and smoke rollies and are tobacco. Like Claire's a bit of a crusty, God bless her. And the so Trustafarian. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's the translation, the Trustafarian, quite. Yeah, it's like, there's depth. I don't think Elon he's like he's different in some ways he's just fully blown mentally stunted yes for sure not even in a way that feels like wow this is a guy that's like really enjoying his wealth but in a way that's like oh i know you don't want to be memeing but you just don't know any better (laughs) yes what is your general opinion on elon I mean, I don't know as much about him as others. I really don't. And I, I feel like whenever people start talking about him, it's like, uh, he's the worst. You know, I I don't know about his life. You know what I mean? My general opinion is that he probably would be awful to be in a relationship with. For I sure. think he also has a lot of opportunity to give the world. And I feel like he's helped out in some ways. But it but. We could see more. I think it's also really interesting how young he is for someone who's done as much as he has because it doesn't seem like he's slowing down anytime soon. Like, I think this guy will still be calling shots when he's 90 and probably doing so from Mars. Um, (laughs) And he can fucking stay there as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I am pissed about the Doge thing because I very much bought like way too late. Like, I think maybe like that Saturday morning type thing. And so that did set me on a bad course with Doge for a while. So that kind of pissed me off. But generally, no. I mean, as a, you know, I guess like a spectator and a woman, if it's a if it's something that I don't really particularly care about or am interested in, although, you know, I do want like a Tesla for sure. Who doesn't? (laughs) But of course, I'm drawn to the fact that he notoriously has two marriages under his belt that are very odd and sort of the way he treats women. I honestly would say that that's sort of what mostly I know about him. And I think it's fucked up. 
Yeah. What about I you? Think it, I would say same. Like, I I really, I, I sort of was fairly neutral about him. And then when my first real interaction with him and his character was through the women that he'd left in his wake. And so, like, that got my back up. Uh, and then I kind of was looking for more and more reasons to justify my dislike of him so I do occasionally go looking for that and I think as well when there's like a cult around somebody like him then that definitely puts me off it's like people who tell you like watch the wire watch the wire watch the wire it's amazing it's the best show on television and then you're just like oh I'm really fucking sick of you people and it's like that's the same way as I feel about Elon I find that like the people who have like hardcore Elon fandom will defend everything he does to the nth degree without really applying any critical thinking. Right. He's part and, of like yeah. the Rogan, I think Rogan world. You know, he gets brought up a lot alongside of like toxic men like Joe like Rogan. Like Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. And like he's right. part of that cabal where like young men will become incredibly infatuated with him. And then, you know, when I would start to say, well, I think the way that he treats women is pretty appalling, I would find that men in my life would be like, oh, but what is the think about like the vision though? And it's like, oh, okay. So that tells me that like that you don't really care about this stuff. Like you don't really care if someone's like kind of a bit of a shit human. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, speaking of that, I do want to dial it back a little bit and say that I actually don't think Joe Rogan is a toxic man. I don't know if that's what how I would describe my problem with some of the stuff he does, but I, you know, I'm very guilty of listening to Joe Rogan too. So I do. I'm going to double back and also be a traitor and say that I don't think Joe Rogan's that bad. But yeah, he's very much that strength, uh, that strain of alpha male but elon's not an alpha he's a total beta he's what i call an evil beta like mark zuckerberg yeah for sure can i uh can i tell you uh what he said to his first wife on the day of their wedding please this is from the op-ed which we'll link to obviously in the show notes but um which was called i was a starter wife I was going to do a South African accent, but I don't think I should because <laughs> it'll either be really good I, I or really mean, bad. Yeah. I mean, if you want to attempt it, go for it. I can definitely do one, but I have to have been listening to a lot of Wood, So I don't know. I've, it's been, I've been off the I, grid. I would never want to do that to a friend. So go ahead. <laughs> so his wife, his first wife says, as we danced at our wedding reception, Elon told me, I'm the alpha in this relationship. I shrugged it off, just as I would later shrug off signing the postnuptial agreement. But as time went on, I learned that he was serious. He had grown up in the male-dominated culture of South Africa, and the will to compete and dominate made him so successful in business did not magically shut off when he came home. This, and the vast economic imbalance between us, meant that in the months following our wedding, a certain dynamic began to take hold. Elon's judgment overruled mine, and he was constantly remarking on the ways that he found me lacking. I am your wife, I told him repeatedly, not your employee. If you were my employee, he said just as often, I would fire you. Oof. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is a very relatable dynamic, I think, sadly, that, you know, pretty much everyone out there listening to this, you know, whether you actively realize it or not, there's a relationship that you're aware of that has this dynamic of one person sort of being stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was pitched to them differently 
at first they thought, oh, I'm going to marry this financially powerful, brilliant person. This is going to be incredible. And then they slowly take and take and take each thing away from you, anything, till you're left with less than you had before and tons of their responsibilities on your plate. Yeah, I think it's interesting what she says about that, that the vast economic difference just causing uh, like a level of imbalance. Because yes, even though Grimes comes from family money, and even though Grimes has had her own commercial success, like the difference economically in them is so vast that like to imagine a billionaire is like, is beyond, I think there are no, I don't know, I don't think there can be really ethical billionaires because you, you, know, you have to profit off labor, whatever. But like, it's just there's a chasm really between you. You can never be as wealthy. There will always be this kind of specter of imbalance over the relationship. Of course. And like there's a greater price that Grimes paid, which was a hit to her reputation that she will not be able to no. undent, you know? No. There's so many people that really, well, one, bought into her original story and really saw her as this, you know, kind of like strange girl that came up and survived living in a crack house to just make music. There's people who bought into that that are now disenchanted, but Mm. it's, you know, the, the people who hate what Elon is associated with the worst of what he's associated with will always lead with that when they talk about her. Yeah. And I, I mean, God bless her for taking communist out of her bio too. I mean, the sweet, sweet angel. I've got a playlist, which I found on Spotify, which is called Grimes's music is good. Actually, I fear. And I listen to it <laughs> on the regular and it's really like, I have to turn on like, I mean, actually I don't turn on private listening, but I discovered that I actually quite like the music of Grimes. <laughs> I didn't know private listening was a thing and I need to get into that because I, and more I would die if someone was looking yeah, at Spotify I'm so my whole shit is embarrassing from start to finish at one point I found out that you could see what I was shazamming and oh, I no. wanted no. to throw myself out of a window <laughs> oh, no. because we don't all shazam for the same reason you know right. what I mean and I would yeah. hate for someone to perceive my shazams as an endorsement yes <laughs> That you should put that in your Twitter bio, like journalists have to. Like Shazams do not, Shazams are not endorsements. <laughs> I think I fully just deleted the app from my phone and now I just live wondering. That's I'm now it. terrified. I, because I, I just can't, I can't live like that. So there is this post that has been floating around the internet for a really long time. And now it's on rareddit.com, which is deleted posts that people thought were interesting. So it was widely rumored that it was written by Grimes. And I was telling Tiffany before we started that I actually, I can be pretty critical about most of the things that people write on Reddit. I just don't think a lot of the stuff that people write there is more than fan fiction. But I genuinely believe that Grimes could have written this. Right. It's one of those things on the internet that I choose to believe. Do you think it's like, but like, be real. Like, do you really think it's her or are you like this? I would say like, I'm 70% sure it's her because it would absolutely be the kind of thing that I could see her doing. Like, she is definitely on Reddit, right? Like, 100%. Right. See, like, that's the weirdo factor, too. It's like also the two of them not being able to realize that social media doesn't really apply to them. 
definitely not to Elon, but really like Grimes, who I think is kind of like an internet weirdo. It's like, babe, you're you have a kid with Elon Musk. You can't just come on Reddit. <laughs> no. no. It has um, um lots of little beats in it that are I mean, you can read into it as a Rorschach test of like whether or not you believe it, but there are lots of beats in there where I'm like, oh, that seems very, very plausibly grimes. Well, let's read it. Let's um, do that. So it's going to do bullet points so this doesn't get to be a million pages long. Also, the title is like the tip of the iceberg, so buckle up, I guess. I'm sorry, let me read the title for you. My 31 female boyfriend, 49 male, convinced me that we need to stop talking to my mom. I figured out why, and it's messing me up. So getting back into the post, it says, also, I've been up since four on two hours of sleep, and my brain is fried all the time, so bear with me. Please be nice to me. We know she doesn't sleep very well because in her video of what she eats in a day for Vanity Fair, she says that she wakes up in the morning where she's on a nocturnal schedule and she eats go cubes as soon as she wakes up because she has problems sleeping and waking. For sure. She eats her, yes, her go cubes. And <laughs> that that interview is fascinating, by the way. You know, there was a moment, I think when she did her Vogue makeup video, that I was like, I actually kind of fuck with her. Yeah. Like, this is so bizarre that someone yeah. would go on Vogue.com. <laughs> <laughs> and just and stop drawing this. on their face <laughs> right it was wild okay so here's some bullet points together for almost three years got pregnant unexpectedly had a super difficult pregnancy with many complications including severe hg bleeding finding out i had a gene mutation that causes pregnancy complications and birth defects we broke up at the beginning of my pregnancy because he thought i was being dramatic about the hg and refused to take me to the hospital after I was taken to the hospital, the doctors told him how close I was to dying, how close to dying I had been. He realized he'd been stupid and we reconciled. What is HG? I, uh, um, I believe it's a pregnancy hormone that I know this because I there was a period where I think you could get HG as a injectable and women were using it as a diet aid. And I think like it's like a, as a pregnancy hormone that can cause like differences and changes to appetite and stuff but it also can change other things I, and complications yeah I actually had a friend who did that and they lost a lot of weight so wow. shout out HG I was in labor for almost 60 hours things didn't progress properly there was complications I finally had an emergency c-section baby was born on Star Wars day mm-hmm. which mm. you know x was so recovery had been completely awful for me. And once again, my boyfriend and I decided I'm being dramatic because son is an easy baby. This somehow doesn't cure my continued nausea, pain from having an, my abdomen opened and then stitched shut, rock hard boobs and sleep deprivation. But thanks, I guess. He changes diapers and holds slash plays with the baby when he's not working or fucking around on the internet. Mm-hmm. So the stuff about my mom. Shortly after we reconciled, he and my mom had a disagreement about something. At the time, he told me that she was being toxic and trying to meddle in our relationship and that it was better if we ceased communication. He showed me screenshots from his phone that were that at the time seemed fairly convincing. My mom isn't crazy about him anyway, and she made no secret about that when we were separated. So even though I was surprised by the things she was saying, I did believe him and stupidly felt like it was the right thing to do to make things work with him. Do you want to pick up here? Okay. It bothered me that he was constantly asking me if I had been talking to her 
and that he was paranoid about it. But I was like, well, what she said was really hurtful. Basically that he was abusing me, that I was too stupid to see it and that she was going to come and take our baby away so it wouldn't be raised by him. So I understand. A couple of days ago, I overheard him talking about me on a Discord voice chat, basically complaining that I was being lazy and useless since I gave birth, since it was my quote job. So I needed to suck it up and do it. I didn't let him know that I'd overheard, but I was upset. Later on, we were in the bedroom and the baby was losing his mind and I was having trouble getting to him to latch and I was in so much pain and I just started crying and saying I wanted my mum. He snapped at me that my mum had filled my head with feminist garbage my whole life and that's why I was weak and couldn't handle something women had been doing for thousands of years. I was kind of flawed. I'd never heard him say anything like that before. I told him that he needed to leave and go sleep elsewhere because I was really hurt. And then it goes on a little bit. But basically, he'd been on men's rights websites. If you agree with that, fine, whatever. <laughs> That's what she said, not what I said. <laughs> I'm and trying was using to imagine, that. like, would he be in, like, men going their own way? Like, uh, <laughs> like it's really – if you've ever spent time – and I don't think – I think most women do not spend time in these spaces because it's upsetting. But I really encourage you – to go take a peep at what they're saying about us. Cause it's yeah. like some of the stuff I read, it's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Whatever. But then you get to certain parts of men's rights websites or essays. And it's just, Oh my God, that's so twisted that they would even, I don't know, think that about anyone, but let alone all women, it's so dark and they can all just be together. That's fine. Go somewhere. We're fine with it. <laughs> yeah just go to a sad little island it gives mm -hmm. me like it gives me the vibes of there was this app I don't remember if you remember it but it was basically like a confessional app that were like had its moment a few years ago and it would kind of link into like people that were in your phone and your social media networks but it would completely anonymize stuff so you would put you would put stuff up and you know people from your network strangers like would be like strangers replying to it so you could have these like anonymous conversations with people you knew and I read some fucking wild shit on there and I was like who in my life has been concealing this and that's how I feel whenever I stumble into these like dark recesses of the internet where they're saying horrible things about women I'm like do I know someone who would be here I think would about be doing that this? all the time especially when really? I see certain phrases or like mm. I'm very I would say like tuned in to like the way people write and talk and I've definitely found like not only can I if someone's sent me something that someone terrible like wrote about me which please don't ever do that if you mm -mm. see something bad about someone online do not send it to them mm -mm. because they either know and it makes them feel bad and it's mortifying that you saw it too or if you're like me I literally seek out nothing I don't want to know I even sometimes find that reading like the podcast reviews are somewhat self-harm, right? Yes. So yeah. I, I don't seek any of that stuff out. If you bring it to my doorstep, it makes me feel like shit. Please don't do that. But yeah, I can always tell like pretty quickly, especially some people, they're like a broken record. They use the same phrases all the time. I'll, I'll say that for myself even. So you can, I, I feel like I've felt very much that I'm reading something from someone I know in a terrible corner of the internet oh that is not a nice feeling I well did you ever find out who in your universe no. was saying those terrible things 
No, and it's like, it still kind of fucks me up. Like, I actually thought about it the other day and it's been years. Like, I was just getting out of the shower and it, I was like, oh God, is this, is there someone that I know that thinks like that? That's so fucked up. And they're just like being normal. And it was, and it was something, I mean, it was kind of horrible, but it was fairly innocuous. Like, it wasn't like some Chad and Stacy shit. Like, it was like something about women getting their claws in to you it was like once a woman gets her claws into you like but and I was just like what the fuck dude like who thinks right. about women in those terms that like were just parasitic in some way it's the same thing as like you know simp culture or like your mm. cuck culture it's like the worst thing that they can imagine is being nice to a woman but yeah so this continues on to say that the original conversation that he and her mom had was about his attitude towards her. Nothing to do with him being abusive, and she never threatened to take the baby. She just suggested that if he really loved me, he would support me and be there for me. Um, He told her she'd never speak to me again, and she'd never meet her grandchild. She forwarded me the conversations. So, yeah, that was basically this piece she was looking for. She goes, am I not wrong and I'm not wrong in thinking this is totally fucked up right there's absolutely no saving a relationship like this I know it seems pretty cut and dry when it's all laid out I just need someone to give me advice on what to do and where to go from here and so you know in this post which is in the description you'll see that all the original replies are here too and it's everyone's just straight up like here's domestic abuse hotline numbers you know here's this here's that everyone is very upset about this because it's very upsetting Mm. It is, it's, it's like, um, I don't know what it's called there, but we call it coercive control here, which is like the slow march to like verbal abuse. So sort of, we touched on it a bit last week when we were talking about Brian and, um, reactive abuse. Yeah. Uh, It's it's like the narcissistic abuse cycle, I would say. Like, I think that that's what's, you know, the sort of like love bomb, you know, turn against them, discard thing. Mm. Is that what, is that what coercive is? basically that like and it's it's just a it's a pattern of like it's like slow burning simmering abuse that they now actually have legislation for in the UK that you can like categorize it as coercive control nice which is like it's it basically was all of the stuff that would fall between various kind of prosecutable things and it's now being categorized under this bundle which is quite good Uh, which would be like things like taking someone's like debit card away from them and like or you know whatever else it might isolating them from their friends and family so Having them turn down work. That was something that I dealt with was someone being like, no, 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 don't do that thing. Like you're better than that. And then like I needed money. Yeah. (laughs) And there was like I there was no way around that. I just needed money. I was, you know, I'm a human being. So let's make love bombing illegal in the States. That's one thing I took from this story. And uh, just another interesting thing that I want to touch on before we move on. So he had his first wife, Justine, dye her hair like platinum blonde. Yes. And really enhance her appearance. And same thing with Tallulah Riley. That was his second wife, right? Oh, yeah. I have some interesting tea about their relationship. So like Tallulah and Elon, they were like together and then they broke up and then they got back together. I read this in the Pop Bitch newsletter, which for me is always 100% true. Definitely. There's no like, (laughs) there's never any room for maneuver there. But they get a lot of like these rumors, they're kind of like blind item type things through. And apparently the first time 
Tallulah and Elon are broken up. So like when Tallulah first moved in with Elon, she was basically caring for his children when he had them in the house. And she was very young at the time. She was very, she had dyed her hair very, very blonde too. And she was basically like in her early 20s, suddenly caring for like, I don't know, I think he has like four children or something, four boys. When they broke up the first time, Elon, rather than explain to his children why he'd broken up with Tallulah, that he'd broken up with her, he simply told his children that Tallulah had died. Okay. Which is a totally normal response. But can you imagine that a couple of months later she comes back? (laughs) Because they got back together again. Oh my God. Yeah, they were, so they, that's kind of like their own Jesus story. Yes, Tallulah Riley. She is Jesus indeed. That was a weird relationship, but that's, that's the thing that I remember from it. It's like, holy fuck. I mean, Imagine she just walks back in and your dad's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Um, I said she died, but she didn't really. I just didn't want to have a conversation with you that would be awkward. And of course, Grimes has also seen a lot of physical changes in the last year as well. I think like mm. everyone can acknowledge that whatever work she's had done has like really ramped up in the last year, which is especially sad when you think about the context of her relationship ending after all of this work over the quarantine and of course her blonde hair. So it's just like, it's, it's very much look for those things. You guys look for that in your guy friends. Does every guy like girl they date wind up going red? You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that a thing? Just keep keep an eye out for that sort of stuff. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So there's this new trending sound on TikTok that I'm obsessed with. It's a guy saying, well, let's, let me just play the, the clip for you. Are you shitting my dick? So are you shitting my dick? Basically, it's, you know, it's used to imply that this was a great surprise to you, especially a lot of times people are using it from the POV of a child. And this one that I saw was so fucking funny, not because of even just the post itself, because I think it's like super relatable, but the comments to this post. So Swampy Pits, user Swampy Pits wrote, six-year-old me when my dad told me I had a brother in the attic who wasn't allowed to come downstairs. And she's clearly filming this. I love in her, uh, this is definitely her mom's bathroom. (laughs) Hundo pay, hundo pay. And she's a little alt girl. We love it. She's got her nose ring. She's killing it. So I'm going to go into the comments and just read some of my, my faves. Because, Tiffany, did you have a lie like this that you were told 
I'm sure I was. I'm sure I was. I'm sure my mother lied to me all the time. I could probably ask her now. I def I know for a fact that I was told instead of like being weaned off my bottle when I was like having my like bottle for too long I'd have that juice in it I was told that squirrels had stolen it so I just couldn't have it anymore and every time I saw a squirrel I would be like oh I wonder if it was you I wonder if it was you so I think I was lied to constantly to be honest it'd be hard to pick one one in my family was the family next door ate my grandpa's turtles (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and then there was I'm trying to think there was a few oh of course Mr. Brown so there was this really nice family that lived next to us down the beach and Mr. Brown was the police officer and he he was sick I remember he maybe had cancer or something and I just had like great reverence for him and I loved him so much as a little girl but because he like had cancer he was constantly in his bedroom at this beach house which like kind of looked into our uh, our downstairs sun porch. And I had ripped one of the tags off of the pillows downstairs, which is illegal, apparently. (laughs) And my grandmother said, Mr. Brown, I, I saw him watching you through the window. He saw you did that. And so for like years, I just avoided him until he died because I was so scared that I, he was going to arrest me for ripping a tag off a pillow. <gasps> You've just reminded me of something which is like the same but opposite, which is where something I thought as a child was a lie, but I later turned out to be true, which was there was an incinerator behind my grandparents' house because they lived right behind a huge hospital. And there was this big chimney that I was obsessed with. I was like, this chimney is so cool. And and I found out that it was like an incinerator for incinerating medical waste. Isn't that lovely? That's where I used to play. And my, I would hear these hushed conversations about how there was a husband and wife who had an argument and the wife had said, I want to go on holiday somewhere hot. And the husband had pushed her into an incinerator. And like my nan would just talk about this really casually. And I was like, oh, this is one of those like family law, like family legends thing. That's like, don't play in the allotments because it's by the incinerator and that's where murders happen. And a few like years later, when I was like in my early teens, I was up late watching TV and it was like a kind of like true crime, like, you know, local true crime show. And the police officer on the show was talking about how this woman worked at the hospital. She had a very abusive husband. He'd come, he'd killed her and then he'd put her body in the incinerator. And I was like, holy shit, like they were telling the truth. And then, (laughs) and then they started saying, Now, there was a a couple who had recently had a loft conversion who had heard screaming coming from the hospital. And I was like, that was my grandparents. They were like the first people on the street to have their attic converted. Oh, my God. See, we will there will never be grandparents like our grandparents Mm-mm. because there was some technology around like you know world war Two, of course like all that great stuff but like it was still very much a time when people said mind your business and they fucking meant it mm-hmm. and so that's exactly the kind of thing that that's the juice they used to have like uh-huh. really like you don't come across stories like that anymore like i know even my mom wouldn't be a grandma and have like crazy stories the way my grandparents did because times have changed my man like we just have we had the best generation of grandparents 
and no chill about just like just divulging like really horrible shit to children as well like the idea of being like seven years old and my nan being like yeah there was a woman incinerated in that thing that you keep playing by (laughs) no I I mean listen my grandfather was a very into mysteries and, and true crime and everything and he would talk about gore every night at the dinner table and my mom it would make her so physically ill but I feel like I have an iron stomach because of it because it was just so commonplace to hear about murder at the dinner table or like my grandfather would go into great detail describing like an open wound or something (laughs) anyway so some of the some of the comments on Swamp Pits posts were great. So this was funny. My dad told me he was going to show up on Hannah Montana episode as a nurse. I was glued to my TV on Disney Channel for over a month waiting. (laughs) I even told my friends he was going to be on Hannah Montana. He lied. (laughs) And after over a month of of waiting for him to be on TV, he said he was joking. See, that's like a great creative yeah. I'm just picturing some Midwestern dad being like, oh, I'm going to be on Hannah Montana. Like, it's very believable. It's plausible. <laughs> absolutely. I almost, I wonder where, let me see if I can see if she lives in LA. No, she's from fucking Connecticut. This was a bold lie. My dad once told me that I had an older sister who had the same name as me and they left her on the side of the highway because she was misbehaving. That's classic. That is a classic. We always have a cautionary child. Always. yeah we my mom used to tell me that there was a this specific building and it would be like where naughty children go and I think it was just like it was like nothing it was like an office building basically and if ever I was misbehaving in the car I'd be like well we could just pull in right (laughs) right oh the police station was a big thing for me yeah it was like you're you're gonna have to go talk to the officers at the police station Oh, I've just found one. My dad told me that if I go into his room without knocking, the house would explode. Just classic dad. (laughs) Oh my God. Whenever my mom would get mad at me, she'd tell me she was going to sign me up for Abby Lee's dance company. (laughs) (laughs) No, that really is such a threat. I told my sister she was actually a conjoined twin and we could only afford to keep one. So we gave her brother away. That was uh, that was a big one. So I did this. I was the oldest cousin. So my cousin Fiona, who's a little bit of like a celebrity in the mall's world. It's so funny how many people just like know Fiona's name. But she was like my little sister, basically. And it was my one chance to truly torture someone. So (laughs) I used to tell her that not only was she adopted, but she was found in a sewer she was being raised by rats in a sewer and her parents were arrested. Her mom, her biological mom and dad, but in my version adopted mom and dad, my godmother, I was like, yeah. And your parents got arrested. And so the state said to them, the only way you can get out of jail is if you take this baby. And she's still so upset about it. Like we're, we're in our thirties and she still brings it up all the time. And I'm like, Fiona, like, it's good to be adopted. It's not a diss. (laughs) If you're adopted, they like really wanted you, you know? And also she's a beautiful child. I'd be like, even if that is true, your parents got a beautiful child out of the sewer. So stop making it something it's not. (laughs) 
My parents told us we had an older brother named Daniel who misbehaved, so God told him that it was okay to bury him in the yard when we acted up. Oh my god some of these are like borderline abusive well some of them just are abusive this one says whenever i had a panic attack as a kid my mom said that dr phil was gonna take me away and i still cry when i see him she's going to the ranch <laughs> yeah. this is kind of cute ready my dad told me that clouds came from factories and mm-hmm. when you don't put your seatbelt on and the thing beeps that means the police are coming for you <laughs> I I definitely thought that if you turned the car light on, you were going to jail. Oh, at nighttime when you were driving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I was terrified of that. Also, that was- my mom would explain everything to me, like whether I was asking about an apple or if I was asking about the way that my a toy worked, my mom would always go, well, that's how the factory made it. <laughs> And it was like the purpose way, perfect way to like shut me up because I, I knew what a factory was probably from Mr. Rogers. And oh. so I was just like, oh, OK, like if this is just the way it's made, that's fine. It was a perfect way to get me to stop asking questions. Love that. Did you did you have anyone that was like the pathological liar? Because we had a girl in our town called Laura Grant who was such an insane liar. And the lies were so absurd. Like one time she told everyone in school that she had a swimming pool in her back garden with a dolphin in it. And I was like, okay, well then bet. Like, let's come and see it. And she was like, no, you just, you can't. It's very, like, it's very precious. And then she swore blind that she had written this song that I knew to be an Aaron Carter song. And she sang it to me. And I said, I said, you didn't write this song. Like, I own this song. And she was like, no, I wrote it. And then I brought her over and I put the CD on. And I was like, listen to this, the same words that you were just saying. And she said, no, this is different. And that was my first experience with gaslighting. <laughs> Why didn't she just say, I wrote it for Aaron Carter? I know, like that would have been the, that would have been the get out of jail card. Like I talked to my husband about this and I was like, I don't think I was really like, every kid lies and says some stupid shit in school that you tell people that you've maybe heard from your parents or like that you've just made up. Like I told people for a while that I was Mexican, which I don't know where that came from. (laughs) And then I was, and then I would, I would tell people that I would write their name in Mexican because I obviously had not made the connection between Mexico, Mexico and Spanish. And Uh so I would have this like way of writing things and it would basically be like, a series of letters with dots and squiggles on them. And I know this because I recently, <laughs> I was talking to my husband about it and I told him I was going to write his birthday card for him in Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wait, so was Mexico to you like the way that like maybe India is to mm-hmm. like a kid in America where you're like, ooh, So Mexico. exotic. Okay, so exotic. Okay. I was like, it's so far. I've never met anyone from Mexico. I couldn't even tell you where it is on a map. No one's going to know or check. For sure. For sure. Okay. I love that. I love my <laughs> I love my Mexican friend. And then, wait, I don't know if there was a pathological liar at my school. There was definitely like a girl who faked a broken leg. And I think there was like a, a month where she pretended to have cancer or maybe a yeah. cancer scare, that yeah. sort of thing. But uh no I no one's coming to mind I do love this comment though from the same post my dad used to threaten to sell me and my sisters to the Canadians as a joke (laughs) (laughs) and this one's just delightful my dad also told me he invented the color orange and that my grandma played the witch (laughs) in the Wizard of Oz (laughs) 
I wonder if that was his mother-in-law. Like, if, like, oh yeah, your grandmother's a witch. <laughs> That's exactly what I went to too. But invented the color orange is so fantastical. Like, it's beautiful. That's a brilliant lie. You guys need to be doing that more. <laughs> my dad would move my American Girl doll so much that I thought it was alive. He would make it backbend like the Exorcist. <gasps> he sounds amazing. I love that. I wonder what it was. Part of me just knows it was a Molly. Let's see if she commented. Let's see if she told us what it was. It probably, you know what? Maybe it was even one of those looks like me type dolls because she's young. Oh, my dad told me when I was little that if he saw the Sprouse twins in the street, he'd hit them with a scarf. <laughs> he'd hit them with what? His car. His car. <laughs> He's going to run over the Sprouse twins. No, not sweet baby Cole. Do you think she had a crush on them? Is that where that came from? I think so. Oh my God, I'd run them over in the street. So Tiffany, you picked a Reddit post that was making you lol all week. See guys, if you started listening last week, this is what our show is. This is even a lighter week in terms of we're doing the stuff that trended in our universe should be trending. Stuff like that. Lighthearted stuff. Sometimes we cover heavy news stuff. If you're new to the show, please stick around. Sometimes it's more stuff like this. So tell me about this. You've been giggling all week. I'm trying to wrap my head around it because it feels like very, very bizarre to me. And I found it's one of the top posts this week on Am I the Asshole? I always feel weird when I say asshole too when I'm speaking to Americans. Does Does that sound weird to you? Like, instead of asshole, the asshole. Well, the one from Massachusetts. So that's, like, Massachusetts is basically, like, I don't know what. It's, like, a a wonky, shrinky-dink version. Like, there's so – my grandfather basically spoke with, like, the way that John Lithgow speaks. You know, like, he had sort of, like, an accent like that. And – I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm not great with vowels either, if I'm going to be honest. So, okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so not, am I the asshole? We've covered something on here before. Basically, it's a way to go on the internet and find out whether or not you were the asshole in a, as they say it, any nonviolent conflict you have experienced. Give us mm. both sides of the story and find out if you're right or if you're the asshole. So this is, I think we all want to know sometimes, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you go there to be told that you're wrong. I think mostly you're looking for validation. At least that's what I would be doing. And I, I, I really wanted to bring the story to you, Moss, because I just want to discuss it with you because I'm I like, it's spinning my head around. So the title is, am I the asshole for asking my girlfriend not to eat so much? My immediate response is yes, but it's a more complex situation than that. So that's one thing about am I the asshole is they write the titles in a way that's going to like absolutely mislead you. So that you think right ahead, like, what's the way? Let me see what the title rules are for a website like this. You uh, start reading, I guess, but I'll explain how to, how they write the titles because these people are supposed to, I think, pose the opposite side 
in yeah, their title, which is It's super clickbaity in that way. I know the title sounds bad, but this is a pretty specific situation, so please hear me out. I, 26 male, have been dating a woman we will call Ashley, 26 female, for about three months. Ashley grew up in a financially well-off and relatively privileged, and it was a point of friction in our relationship with her not understanding and grasping the level of poverty I and my family grew up with. It's also relevant to the story that Ashley is a heavier person and is a very vocal advocate for body positivity and very assertively stands up to anyone fat shaming herself or others. The other person who's relevant in the story is my grandma, 70. My grandmother is a wonderful woman, but she is both very proud and very broke. She likes to have us over for dinner and is an excellent cook, but financially she can't really afford it. She refuses to take any money from me or anyone else and won't let anyone bring food, saying it's her responsibility to take care of the family. She also takes offence if you turn down the invitation. About a month ago, we had a dinner and Ashley liked the food so much that she went back and had a second and third large portion. This is not done in my family. We all take a single small portion as the leftovers are what my grandmother has to eat for the week. So Ashley is taking, Ashley taking more meant my grandmother didn't eat for the next couple of days. Oh my Uh, God. I know. Isn't this bizarre? (laughs) Oh my God. Well, there's so many things fucked up about this, but yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot to unpack. Like as you go through it, you're like, oh, that's a curveball. All right. So Ashley basically starved the grandmother. The grandmother wouldn't accept food when uh, that next kind of when this grandson tried to bring her some, she refused the charity out of pride. Uh, the grandmother's invited them to dinner again this weekend, but before they go, she tried to have a dis- uh, he tried to have a discussion with Ashley, reiterating her grandmother's his grandmother's financial situation and asking that she only take a single small portion so that my grandmother can have food for the week. I said that we can go out to eat again after the meal if she was still hungry. Ashley got very angry at this and said she will not be shamed for her eating. She will not limit her food and that no one other than her decides when she's had enough food. Also that I was fat shaming her. This whole ordeal has highlighted a lot of incompatibility issues. I don't know if the relationship is going to last, but am I the arsehole for asking my girlfriend to limit her eating? No. No. (laughs) I mean... It should have been explained to her before she went the first time so that she wouldn't take offense when it was when she was corrected after the fact. Right. And that sort of makes it a little bit of an everyone sucks here to me, which is like the sort of neutral rating Mm. on Am I the Asshole? And it's because this should have been explained to her coming in. I also think it's a little strange that obviously grandma's not going to take your cash, you idiot. Right. But bring her a fucking baguette or something. If grandma is is stretching out food like this, get her gift certificates or like show up with like, you know, a a tray of meats. Like bring her something that everyone knows you don't show up empty handed. No. Especially an older relative's house. Absolutely not. You better have flowers or something. I think so. I think it's a weird little, I think it's a weird little game that the family are playing as well, where like the grandmother is refusing, is is at the level of poverty where she can't afford to feed herself if somebody takes a slightly larger portion, but is con- insisting on providing for the family, which she clearly is not capable of doing. And I know that old people can be very stubborn and I understand the pride thing, but like there are tactful ways and means that like that that can make this more comfortable for everyone without going to grandma's house having this obligation like where you're just playing this weird sort of silent dance of like 
trying to show grandma appreciation for cooking, but also making sure she doesn't starve for the week. It seems really odd. I, I almost, I wonder too how elaborate these meals are. If right. like it's cutting so much into her budget, because I'll tell you, it also feels not American to me. This feels like somewhere else because I feel like if, I mean, the depression just really taught everyone Mm. to stretch a dime. Yeah. And there's really not an American meal, a traditional American meal that you can serve that can't be reduced to like $20. Like, what is it? Meatloaf? Like, you can do a meatloaf for cheap. Is it spaghetti and meatballs? That's super cheap. That can be done super cheap. Yeah. How much, you know, is does she do you take your grandma to Costco? Like, I feel like in America, like, you take your grandma to Costco to buy your ground beef and she <laughs> yeah. freezes it. Yeah. If that's if it comes down to the we have no money thing, you you help you figure out a way to accommodate that. And it almost makes me feel that this is like a much fancier dinner. I don't know. Yeah, it feels weird because I always think that like when I think about the culture that like food culture or the culture that's inherent within sharing food, it is generally about abundance and it's about gathering people around and like hospitality being like stuffed bellies. And like that's a thing that you do as like a way of showing love, right? And if you're not like financially able to do that, then that's totally fine. But it seems really odd to me to like, it seems like it's at odds. Like if everyone's going around and like playing this game where they're having like these tiny little portions, then it's like not in the spirit of like what I think like gathering a bunch of people around a table is. Like it tends to be a, like a joyful, free kind of indulgent thing. And I think like the specter of poverty hanging over it must be like, I don't know, like maybe they've just done this, they've just done it this way in this family for so long that it's completely normal practice to them, but it feels like it feels really odd to me. It's like, well, someone needs to make sure grandma's okay. Like if, if this is the this is the level that it's got to. Right. And I don't think this is about Ashley being like a bigger girl. Mm-mm. And I want to just throw out to people, I know everyone has sensitivities, but I see this all the time and it fucking kills me. Like this is not an example of you being ostracized or punished in any way. This is just the situation and it wouldn't matter what you looked like or what your body type was like if the same result was that Graham didn't have food. Right. Yes. Like I have a friend who's very, very like slim and really athletic and she literally is like, a, she eats like a giraffe. Like she just eats constantly to like maintain <laughs> so she doesn't feel yeah. faint. Like, and I know for a fact that like she would be, she would raise an eyebrow. Like people would raise an eyebrow, like the portion size that she would make for herself, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily about Ashley's form here, but I understand that Ashley would have some sensitivity especially around like if you are you know if you are plus sized or whatever that like you have a sensitivity around eating in public like I'm a little chunky chunky funky monkey and I always think like if I'm eating something that's like very fattening in public if people are like pre- like judging me and I'm like well should I be eating a salad like so I understand like how it may have triggered her to hear like you're eating too much Yeah, of course, of course, which is why I I kind of feel like he's escaped with an unworthy title here of not the asshole, because I would have prepped her before I would have said like when 
before I like before I even invited, I would have just said, hey, we do this like weekly dinner at my grandmother's house. She insists on feeding all of us, but it's not really in her budget. She won't take money. So just know that when we go over, we like help ourselves to the bare minimum, just enough to make her happy. We're eating and we leave mm-hmm. her with the leftovers. It's probably a little weird. Yeah. But when you go over there, we'll go and get something to eat after. But right. just, you know, just be mindful of that sort of thing. Because then that would like, that's like a whole family thing. Yeah. And that's like not personal at all. And like it, at that point, it doesn't you'd be explaining that exact thing to anyone. There's this this reply here. So someone suggested saying that basically that they have her over to her place mm. and someone else said that they didn't think that will work. And then OP chimed in and said, you hit the nail on the head. We're trying to figure out a way to get her to accept help, but her pride won't let her give up the idea that she's supposed to be taking care of the family. So I, you know, I grew up with, you know, being with my Nana and my great aunt all the time. My great aunt Alice, rest in peace. I love her so much. She, they used to argue about the check for like an hour after every meal. I'd be like, no, I'm paying. No, I'm paying. And it's like, oh my God. Like when I was a kid, I would be like, I'm going to pick. Who pays? Okay. Like it was always a thing. So Space Kitty Spectre, she's clearly dealt with that type in her life. And she writes here, I got you. You got to start reverse robbing grandma. Hear me out. When you go visit her, have money in your pocket, ready. Commit to stay for a long time. Know where her purse is. Now, when grandma has to go potty, it's go time. Find that purse. Know where her money is usually in her purse. Put the money from your pocket in there so she doesn't realize it's a gift and then put it back so long so it looks like it hasn't been touched and get out of that area and go to like the kitchen like you're looking for some water or something. You might want to do some practice runs at home before you try because you got to be quick and also accurate so she doesn't get suspicious and try to give you back the money. And if she asks you questions, you got to keep cool and believe that you know no- and believe that you know nothing about those extra money she finds. If you don't believe the lies, she won't. So, yeah, I mean, this is this was a classic tactic in my family, yeah. either leaving money behind or even like, you know, being in college and having money stuffed in my coat pocket so that I could go back to school and get like a sandwich, you know, yeah. um, that's that's that was a huge way of showing love in my family. And it's a practice that should continue, you know, yeah. it's, we got to do the reverse robbing. Yeah, which leads us really neatly into angelic yields and uh, devious, devious licks. licks. So, okay, <laughs> I've loved or diabolical licks or dastardly licks. So devious licks is something I've been dying to bring up on this podcast. And it finally makes the most sense now because the trend has evolved. So if you have a teenager, you probably know about devious licks. It's no Tide Pod type situation, but it's a huge deal. If you're a teacher, you definitely know about this. So... According to Wikipedia, devious licks are a viral 2021 TikTok trend in which American student American students always post <laughs> videos of themselves stealing and vandalizing or in some cases pretending to or showing off items that they stole primarily from their schools, typically bathrooms. The trend has resulted in arrests of many students across the U.S. The trend also allegedly spread to some schools in Canada and Latin America. So... It originated on September 1st, 2021, after Jug4 Elias posted a video showing a box of disposable masks they claimed to have stolen from school with the caption, a month into school, devious lick. 
<laughs> Similar videos with the term devious licks soon flooded the platform, with students students stealing items from restrooms such as soap, paper towel dispensers, toilet paper roll shields, urinals, sinks, mirrors, and floor and ceiling tiles. Eventually, the students allegedly began stealing items outside of the restrooms, including exit signs, telephones, smart boards, and microscopes. The videos usually play sped-up version of Lil B's ski-ski-based god in the background. <laughs> the videos captioned, the videos captions often modify the name of the trend with synonymous adjectives such as mischievous or diab- diabolical licks, etc., Various schools began to take action against the trend, warning of st- warning students of serious school consequences and arrests. So this is they're they're going to name some of the arrests. I do want to say that when these started to pop off, I was seeing the results a lot on my FYP of students sitting in class with the announcement coming on that all of the purple bathrooms in Hall D are shut down. <laughs> like it's a huge deal to take soap from the school bathrooms during covid yes that is actually like an act of of bioterrorism that is diabolical it is diabolical lick for sure it's the greatest name devious lick is the fucking greatest name so some serious vandalism uh broken mirrors and light fixtures is reported at the northeast independent school district in san antonio texas i believe those led to some arrests the poe county floor in poe county florida three students were arrested from two high schools as well as one 15 year old who was arrested for damaging and stealing soap dispensers so this comes into now you know tiktok has been removing removing these videos and yeah it's like ban the hashtag right as well Yes, and, and like the way that all internet trends tend to work, they have evolved. And now devious licks have turned into holy yielding. Do you want to explain a little bit about, or well, you know what? Actually, I have a guy who explains it, Ibrahim. Let's play this TikTok real quick. Yeah. So some people have expressed confusion on how the devious licks trend gave rise to the angelic yields trend. But when you think about it, it's not all that confusing. As the original trend matured, we began to see more variation in what was being licked. The joke was being abstracted. Instead of stealing small physical items, you would steal concepts or ideas or something intangible. And as devious licks continued to mature and become played out, reversing and putting the trend on its head became far more amusing. The point of devious licks was never the theft itself. That's why the things that were taken weren't particularly valuable. The point was the shock and awe of it, and angelic yields do the same thing. So he has duetted a video that's playing next to him as he explains all of this. And it's a video from the holiest of yields. That's the name of the TikTok user. So he turned the bathroom at school into a proper gentleman's club. There's like an Ikea bookshelf with extra rolls of toilet paper (laughs) and a variety of scented soaps on it. There is a cloth, like a Uh, Yeah, like a clothing rack so you can hang up your jacket when you come in. Because, you know, a gentleman needs to take off his hoodie before he shits, for sure. And, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that, like, I feel such secondhand serotonin from, this whole thing. Because it brings you back to a time in which this was, well, this was the kind of sober fun you had. Yes, it does. It gives me like gooey, warm feelings. I think like there, there's much to be loved here. Like the 
this garden variety vandalism wouldn't have been such a phenomenon did it not have such a phenomenal name obviously devious six is brilliant and hilarious obviously the vandalism itself not excusable but there's something that's pure delightful internet to me of like when you just flip something on its head and you take it to the nth degree and the extreme in the other direction because it's so it's so absurd and it's like it's kind of delightful and like I'm like I'm searching for the word that I'm looking for but it it has this like divine sort of divine comedy about it like the idea of turning like a like a high school bathroom into like a gentleman's club and leaving crossword puzzles in the stalls is so funny to me and so sweet in its just absurdity it's beyond inspired I'll tell you like these will be whoever it is that started this well we know who started it's in this insider article by the way shout out to insider every fucking week this website is slowly taken over like anything like whenever I google anything insiders at the top they have really killed the SEO game we just talked about we talked about on trend lightly because we just did a movie from 2008 that actually showed real google results and one was like what was it like thinkbright.com quotes do you remember like that was at the top that owned google if you Uh ever if you ever Googled a celebrity's name, it would be like their quotes first. Yeah. And that sort of stopped. And now I've noticed it's kind of less that with IMDb even. Like their SEO is not as great because when you Google a movie, it's like the fifth thing to come up now. IMDb yeah. used to be the first. Yeah. So good on Insider, I guess. They figured it out. But the article states that – It's not clear exactly who started the angelic yield trend on TikTok, but it appears to have been popularized by TikTok user J.UHER7, who only has one public video on their account. On Friday, they posted an angelic yield video showing them placing a roll of toilet paper on the back of what appears to be a public toilet seat while smooth jazz plays in the background. Just hit the most angelic yield. The on-screen caption reads on the video reads. I'm sorry, it's brilliant. Like I fucking I fucking love this. Like I yeah. what's your most angelic yield? Oh man. And your most devious lick. <laughs> and feel free to interpret that. Like, like I feel like like Elon Musk's most devious lick was taking Grimes' entire cool factor away from her. Yes, yeah. Probably most recently I can think of, I mean, I I don't know if it counts, but buying your best friend like over a hundred pounds worth of cheese is a real angelic like yield to me. I know it's her birthday, but it's like, it's abundance and joy and it's, uh, that might be it. Devious licks. I did once, there was a scout hut that had been broken into and I did go and do like a small bit of vandalism once when I was about... 12 and I am still guilty about it to this day oh actually I did I also stole a Capri's cream egg um a couple of years ago when I was waiting in the queue to pay for some shopping because I was sick of waiting in the queue and I felt I felt like I deserved a little bit of a devious (laughs) a devious leg for my troubles of having to wait to queue to pay for my shopping (laughs) probably my most devious like meaning like the most fucking psycho thing I've ever done was 
making 200 uh, bumper stickers with the pet name that my ex-boyfriend called me. And then um, because he called me and said that he'd been dating someone else and that she was coming to L.A. that weekend. And Mm -hmm. so I had my Hello Giggles intern and I drive around town and go to every place that he frequented, like all of his (gasps) restaurants, his yoga studio. Someone broke into his building and put bumper stickers on all the laundry units that said that. So every she left this, she left the state. (sighs) I wish you could see my face right now. (laughs) That is genius. It was hot because I was just like, I want to haunt you. Like I want every stop sign you pull up to, to be uncomfortable for you. Yeah, and I said to him, I said, "Well, you didn't have to tell her what it meant." No, but I, I mean, was you like, were getting in his she... head, right? Right. Oh, I was like, cool. "I'm not here to bother her." Anyway, then the most uh, I would say my angelic yield was when I brought my signed folklore CD to the guy who vaccinated me, my second vaccine. I was Aww. like, "I was like, you should have this Taylor Swift CD. It'll be worth money someday." And thank you for giving me this Moderna shot so I can be the best robot I can be. Oh, I love that. Oh, he has a you way better do it. Mine. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I feel like you do. I'm sure you do have some. I've also done – I've just done, like, crazy, crazy shit. Like, I've literally been, like, picked up and removed from a bar for – even though it was a graffiti wall for writing the the phone number for please advise on the wall. <laughs> I was picked up and removed from a bar. Like I was an adult. Yeah. But devious licks are fucking incredible. I'm obsessed. Let's just wrap this up real quick with some baby names. I love so that there's always you. this story at the end of like, it's now like there's always like, here are the most used names or like, here are the trending names. I always love it because there was the range and a reflection so, of society. <laughs> yeah. So we did one already on this show, maybe like, I don't know, four or five months ago where we covered the names that had trended in 2021. So these are the predicted baby name trends for 2022. And Some of them I feel like are already big names, so I was surprised to see them. But a lot of them are batshit, so let's just go through it. (laughs) Metro UK, this is your people's fault. And by the way, I'm sure it will be very different, but not entirely. Like, I think, like, Aiden and Lucy were at the top of every single list this year worldwide. But for playful names, they write, after months of boredom during the pandemic – Fun will play a role in upcoming baby names. So they think this is from the team at nameberry.com. They think those names will be Bear, Birdie, Dovey, Iggy, and Pixie. Iggy, <laughs> as in Azalea, she's having a, res- a renaissance and a resurgence. I think Pixie's super cute, and I think I fuck with Pixie low key. I think Dove is a, is a fine name, but Dovey. Dovey's weird. Also, I just realized something. My dog, before she was my dog, was called Pixie, and I renamed her Bear. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. You see, you're you're very much playful names right here. I'm a playful, playful name, names. bitch. <laughs> so then we have some escapist and nature names. It says, after being confined for such a long period during lockdown, the platform suggests that we'll be turning to exotic locations and wild landscapes for inspiration. So one horizon Mm. horizon you're naming your kid horizon like what do you think that's you're either going to be called whore 
or Verizon. Or Verizon. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it. Koa. I don't like it when people who are not from Hawaii name their kids Hawaiian names. For some mm-hmm. reason, that pisses me off more than anything. And I don't even – I've never even been to Hawaii. And for some reason, I'm like, I don't like some white kid from the Midwest being called Koa. No, no. It's like the whitewashing of kids who are called things like Dakota and stuff as well. Or like any of those um, like beautiful, you know, indigenous people having their – like having the names of things turned into cars. Like it right. gives me that like, feeling. Can they have nothing? Can they yeah. have nothing? So then Lotus. Yeah. Uh, Low Lo is a cute name. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, prairie and woods no i would take i would take lotus out of all of those but i think if i had to but prairie's odd i can yeah a little house on the prairie are you prairie dogging like i like when i see these names i'm immediately thinking about the bullying i like woods it's similar to forest but no i i mean this is of course i'm this is a big name test and i've noticed it happens much less now if you'll remember Stassi from Vanderpump Rules named her child Hartford Charlie Rose Clark, which to me sounds, and I tweeted at the time, like the NATO phonetic alphabet. Like it sounds like a panic code is being spelled. And I am like, yeah, for sure. And like, it's, it's a beautiful series of words. Hartford is a little strange. I'm going to say Hartford, Connecticut not poppin that's Mm-mm. i think what most americans and then of course charlie rose who you know amongst other things was accused of uh sexual assault yeah so i don't know to me together it sounds like four last names no for sure and the thing about naming someone something because you can't you can't you can't just sort of like read decide like six months in that it's not really fitting I mean I suppose you could but it's not the done thing and it's giving me flashbacks to when I first got my Nintendo Switch and my started playing Animal Crossing and it was when you know the Jeffrey Epstein story was really popping off and I was thinking about calling my island Little St. James and then in the end I thought that was too subtle so I called it Epstein Island because you know why not? But then I realized that I was playing Nintendo online. I would have to go to Reddit and be like, hiya, can I um, can I come and buy turnips in your shop? And every time I would play with strangers online, they would get a notification that would say, Maddox is coming from Epstein. And you can't change it. Like, you can never change it. So now I have this fucked up name and it stopped me from playing with people because I can't change it. Right. No, I... I uh... Yeah, sometimes you just have to quit the internet with stuff like that because I certainly wouldn't know how. I'd just be like, there's no way. Like, I'll just – I can't I can't turn back. So this is interesting. Letters are trending, which is okay. – you know how, like, ER sounds will trend sometimes at the end of a name or, yeah. like – it's – so right now, S ending baby names, they write, feels so much fresher in 2022 than N, R, and A, and even O, the final spot, not just for boys. And similar to that, they say that punchy R names are punchy and memorable. Nameberry predicts that the unisex R names are likely to be on the rise next year. So for the S ending names, Ames, is that Emrys? Yeah, Emrys, which actually sounds like um, it sounds like it like a Welsh name. It isn't, but it sounds like a Welsh name because in our in our Welsh language, we've got a lot of like Y S's together. 
There's probably like an Emmys or something that's like Welsh, but that that gives me that. Lois is nice that it's coming back. I haven't heard of Lois in a while. I like Lois. I do. Uh, what's o- Ozias? That sounds very Amish to me. Oh, 100%. That's the thing is that I don't realize. Like, I wonder if they realize it sometime. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, you're giving Amish. Like, yeah. you're give Like, it's not... <laughs> It's very apparent what you've done. And then for the R names, we have Reeve, Revel, Rain, Rome, and Rue. I I like Rue. I like, I like, don't mind Rain because of a Kardashian. Revel for us is a type of sweet. So it'd be like calling a child like Milky Way or like Reese's. Rome, I don't mind. I don't mind geographical names. I don't mind them either. I don't. Brooklyn, though, I could do without. Yeah, I think I feel like that popped off for like no reason, like maybe because like Brooklyn rappers or something started to have. I mean, it seems like one of those animals, like it seems like one of those animal names, like where it's like Luna. Yeah. Is mostly I mean, and of course, I say this as a Molly. Molly is like every dog I meet is named Molly. Like every other time I'm in a veterinarian's <laughs> office and they call Molly, I'm shocked it's not for me. <laughs> They're going to go to administer some ketamine to you. Um, I the, wish. <laughs> the musical names for me, I think, are probably the most arranged out of this whole list because we've got Calypso, Chord, Drummer, Madrigal, and Rhythm. There's not one on that. There's this is like so bizarre. Like yeah, it's so yeah. yeah. I feel like like note would be a better name than any yeah. of these. Calypso is it just doesn't feel authentic for what I imagine. I mean, I to be honest in my mind I'm I'm imagining blonde Mormon women. <laughs> And I know that that's probably not who's having babies in the UK, but in my mind, I'm, I always, with baby names, I see blonde Mormon women. Cord is not the least offensive, but drummer? No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of like actual good musical names and I'm like, well, viola is technically a musical name, right? Viola is an instrument. It's like, right. Like, viola is a very pretty name. Melody. Melody, lovely. Like, why not have that instead? Harmony. Harmony. Gorgeous. But rhythm? No. Rhythm. It's too sexual. Dubstep. <laughs> I know, dubstep. Dubstep the Diplo, third. <laughs> Skrillex. Yeah, I mean, you guys, definitely tweet us your favorite musical baby names because I know there's got to be more bad and also good ones you guys thank you so much for listening i think we're gonna wrap it up here thank you so much for again again this is like also a little different than our normal content because normally we're covering more things that are directly involved with the news but i felt one like we deserved a week of fun and two how are you gonna ever fucking top Nicki minaj's cousin (laughs) and trinidad's friends balls you just can't can't top it Tiffany thank you so much once again for for joining the show everyone's been writing the nicest things about Tiffany joining the show and I'm just so thankful for that so thank you everyone I do appreciate you yeah make sure to share the show with your friends like and follow I don't think you can like follow subscribe do all the things all right talk to you soon bye Cause girls on the way
seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't nothing. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays, available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.